The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. And we are starting with episode 38. Wow. And uh, five seconds, five, four, three, two, one, and I've got to get... Oh, you're going to pour. Excellent. Okay. So now we need five seconds of not talking. Okay. It's okay. (laughs) I hope that... I think they should just... (laughs) Do it. You need to just put this all in there. Just do it. Behind the scenes. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, everybody. You're listening to The Winemakers. I'm John Myers, sitting across from Bart Hansen, Sam Katuri, and Brian Casey. And we're talking. We're going to talk wine today. We're going to talk about real good, bold red wines. Got a couple of barrel samples here and a couple of real old ones and one that came from Lebanon. So we've got a lot of wine on the table right now. Yeah, we, we do have. I'm a, excited. We always have a lot of wine on the table and it's always good. It is. And I better. I didn't. I didn't. I got to go empty my, my spit cup. Yeah, well, right. you, you, oh, here. Let me take care of that for you. <laughs> you can empty. sideways style. Yeah. I just watched sideways over the holidays. Did it's you? good. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say, after not seeing it for a long time, it's, it's pretty darn funny. It yeah. really is. And and. And it I don't remember up, the, it does make you want to go up. buy some Pinot Noir. No, but it makes you want to buy Merlot. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> no I still don't. I still don't Merlot. buy. Yeah, I still don't uh, buy Pinot Noir. But it did. Who could afford it? Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of Pinot, you just got you. you bought, I got one down at the end of the table. I you bought found, uh, a Klein. I had See, no idea that the Klein and sellers. And it was a half bottle because it was so expensive. It's, just joking, Klein family. Just joking. I paid. I paid four bucks for that. Really. And, and I didn't, I didn't realize, but Bo- it makes Bottle sense. Burn? It, uh, grocery outlet, grocery outlet, right? Bargain market. It makes sense that they have a Pinot since they're basically over there in Carneros. You just always think of Rhone varietals when you think of Klein because that's right. what they they do a lot of Rhone stuff and they um, source from Lodi. And um, my guess is this is one of their properties heading towards Petaluma. It, it's the yeah. Petaluma Gap. Yeah, the Petaluma Gap yeah. property. Yeah, which. I mean, you got some high-end stuff sourcing out of that same area. Yeah, sure I mean, do. Gap's and, Crown, right? Gap's Crown Pinot Noir was uh, the number five, thirty-five wine in the world last year with uh, Sojourn from Sojourn. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I gotta say, I'm gonna go back to the previous episodes wine, Sam. This uh, 2013 State Zin is. Man, it's tasting really good. No, is this like currently it. available for us? Uh, yes, there is. There is some of this available. Yeah, it's it's really, not it's really not my current release, but um, I've got a bunch of that. Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. Nice. Yeah, drink it or save it. Oh, well, but either way, buy more. I, no, drink it. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. One or the other. You know, drink it or get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I I went out through. Uh, I guess my point is, is I think we were going to talk about the wines we're going to be drinking. That's the wine I'll be drinking. In 2018. <laughs> what year is it? 2018? Yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before with, with Zinfandel, but, you know, it's one of these grapes, you know, derision 
is deserved in lots of ways. Uh, you know, Merlot, especially at the time of Sideways, was in the same category. Um, you know, when, when you grow it in the wrong way and in the wrong place, you can make some pretty ordinary wines. But, um, you know, Zinfandel, when you take it seriously and when you grow it to be a, a, a wine of place... Um, you know, and it's, and it's in the it's right place the for it. It's among the best, you know, and it shows. It's one of these things, you know, where it shows a sense of place. It it comes it comes out in um, really distinctive ways. You know, the Zin that we grow at my parents' property at the sixteen six hundred estate doesn't taste like Zinfandel from anywhere else on the on the planet. And yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. A really nice peppery, spicy fruit. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, no. I have some here in a glass. Let me try it. What did you just pour there? Oh, the uh, 2016 Rossi Oma- Val Rossi homage. Beautiful. Enjoying it a lot. <laughs> well, you know, that's why we do this. You know, we enjoy it. We, we went through the climb pretty fast. Um, well, that's real soft, real yeah. quaffable, I'll say. Yeah. That's, uh, it's 2013 Pinot Noir in a split. It's going to be something that... Um, going to age pretty quickly yeah right no it, it is it's it's uh and we'll sell real quickly to people who want to go have a, a sandwich outside and you right. know while they're biking around right. etc right and not drink too much yeah so. those half bottles they fit in water bottle holders you know so <laughs> on your bicycle yeah they do there was actually there <laughs> was they're a, a little <laughs> they're a little loose but if you wrap something around them you know they hold in nicely See, well, it probably it, is like the right amount to just put into the water bottle and then, oh yeah, absolutely. and then you don't right. have to even stop. Yeah, right. I mean, I use a I use a Camelback myself, so it'll oh, okay. take a full bottle. Right, you go on longer rides right. though. But I, I saw a label last night, Bart, and I almost bought it for you because it was a it was a I think it was from Italy, and it was a guy on a bike doing a road trip, and he had a bottle of wine in his little uh, water bottle holder. Was that uh, Red Bicelette? I I don't even remember. I, I just love the I love the label for it. <laughs> um, what was what was not good there, Sam? Moving right along. Moving right along. There's a, a a great photo that I love of um, bicyclists during a, a Tour de France, you know, decades ago, where it was the lunch break, and they they pulled over to the side of the road. They're eating, you know, bread and cheese and drinking wine and smoking cigarettes. And smoking cigarettes was, in fact, encouraged in the Tour de France because it opened up your lungs. Wow. And it made it so you could breathe better. Well, and, you know, at that point, the Tour de France was actually 3,000 miles. So you needed those breaks. Because it's now only about 2,000 miles. And so it was actually longer. And it was, you know, much harder than what it is now. Um, now they didn't ride it quite as fast. Right, and they weren't, didn't the have equipment. And right, the, but yeah, yeah, in that amazing. And See, smoking I'm, cigarettes and... Tell me what I'm drinking here. So that is the 2016 Val Rossi homage that is, uh, at this point, um, Grenache, a little bit of Mavedra, and... You know, I don't know if we've added any of the Syrah into this. There's probably some Syrah in the, in the co-ferment, but the final Syrah sort of add will happen at, at the final blending. Um, and this is 2016, and, you know, this is something that we'll, we'll bottle this summer um, and release it, you know, next spring through fall, kind of depending. It's tasting awful good um, for... And well, this is 2016, being, and I, being young like uh, that, the 2016s, and you know, granted, I haven't been in 
the wine business that long, um, but I've never in my lifetime in, in wine tasted wine out of the press going into the barrel that tasted ready, yeah, tasted finished. Right. It had full flavor development and didn't have any sort of off-putting, you know, things are going to go away. It was just like ready to go. And this is you new know, now, a year plus later, and we still have another six months to go, and it's just going to get better and better. Yeah, I, I had also had the same impression in 2016, how many things were coming out of the press and just like, hey, let's bottle yeah, this let's bo- now. It's fresh, it. yeah. you know. Um, so there's something to be said about that. Bottle, I mean, sell. Bottle, sell. Yeah, and, you know, your bottling date's important because – you know, it's easy just to get into the trap of, well, we bottle this wine after eight month, 18 months of aging, or this is when it works, or right. this is when the sales department wants it. But there is freshness factors to how fresh the fruit is, and sometimes you need to capture that earlier than later. Right. And that could be something to be said about 2016. I don't know. Oh, how long do you want this to sit before I really buy it? Uh... I mean, you know, like I said, I, I won't even start thinking about selling it until it'll probably be we're talking about projected into the future here. Uh, it'll probably be in my either spring or fall 2019 wine club shipment. 19? 2019. God, I was going to um, say 18. Okay. You know, I'm tasting this right now. What I think it needs is a little Syrah. Um, kind of give it a little bit more... It, richness a little bit more sort of mid palate presence and a little more backbone a little more finish to it um you know it's it's got great fruit it's got great spice uh that's one thing that we always get from the rossi ranch is sort of this needs a little bit of impact needs a little impact yeah and that'll come from the syrah um but the reason we don't add the syrah at the very beginning is if you put too much in you just taste syrah so you can never get it out and you can never get it out it's like a haircut you can't uncut hair you know you can't unblend wine. Right. Understood. But you know, on that one. But beards do grow back. <laughs> they do <laughs> quickly in some cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're looking good. I'm, uh, when was that that you um, shaved? Uh, it was the last day of October or the 29th of October. Ha- Halloween, right? Yeah, it was right about right before Halloween. Oh, yeah, you went as, uh, as, as Jake Blues. Jake Blues, Perfect. and uh, you know, by. By Thanksgiving, I uh, was no longer John Belushi and, and back to Sam Katuri. So uh, I like the Sam Katuri look. Uh, you it's know, a good one. it's not even you know. Somebody's like, "Are you growing your beard back?" I was like, "Well, no, it's back. I'm not shaving, so yeah, I guess I guess I'm growing <laughs> my beard back." Now, Bart just poured the. So Syrah. this is. 2016 Dos Limones Syrah. Uh, this would be the second vintage that is we this added. What you would. No, so no, because um, the Syrah that we'll add to the Rossi, we grow at Rossi. Okay, right. We keep it with the within the vineyard designate. Um, This is the Syrah from the Dos Limones Vineyard um, that uh, was the first vineyard Phil farmed organically in the seventies, and the sixteen was the second vintage that we added. Smells it just smells good. The Viena skins. Yeah, yeah this is the one gonna, that Sam was doing. You're going to want to be calling for uh, this one. And, and Joining this, the club. Phil sent me. This is on Sonoma Mountain. This is Sonoma Mountain. And kind of sits um, up on the mountain, so it's really more of an uh, impact of sun early on, right? Because it gets in the cast in the shadow of Sonoma Mountain pretty yeah, it's, early. Yeah, it's, you know, it's right... Sonoma Mountain so kind of has long these season. sort of shelves, and, and it's, you know... 
at the spot in the mountain where right behind it, it goes up quickly another 500, right. 700 feet or right. so. Um, and, you know, what that does is it, it's in it's in the shadow in the afternoon when the rest of the valley is, is baking. It's baking, exactly. Um, but in the morning, you know, it's, it has enough elevation that it's usually, you know, when, there, when we get fog, it's above the fog line, has a lot of morning sun, you know, afternoon shade, which... Um, for Syrah, you know, Syrah is one of these things that just kind of grows no matter what you do. Um, but kind of having a little bit of cool weather influence on it in a sunny, warm spot, yeah. um, you know, kind of creates that balance that you're looking for without having to. I call blend that things in area a, a a cool, warm spot. It's a cool, warm spot for sure. It, you know, the reason we call it Dos Limones um, for years and years, it was citrus groves. Um, and you know, when we got there, there was two sort of scraggly lemon trees left, uh, hence Dos Limones. That but, was it. Um, you know, it's one of these places where it's, you know, warm enough to, to not freeze that you can grow, you can grow citrus, um, uh, but cool enough that you can get good, you know, lemons and oranges and things like that. So, and where does the Viognier come from that you do the, the skin contact? Uh, the Viognier skin come from steel plow. Okay. So we'll do the Viognier at steel plow. We'll press it and we'll gather the skins. And, you know, it's usually three weeks before we pick the Syrah. So we put it in five gallon buckets and take it to a, a big, actually, at the Kleins, uh, they don't know this, a big walk in freezer. <laughs> and um, they know now. Uh, and freeze them. And when we pick the Syrah, hopefully, I remember to pull them out the day before. But if not, we pull them out when we pick the Syrah and let it defrost and then add it to the, the Syrah fermentation. We have, we've actually added a few rows to the Syrah block at Dos Limones and um, the last few of, you know, we added probably seven or eight rows. The last three of them we uh, grafted to Viognier. So now starting maybe, maybe this vintage, probably next vintage, um, we'll just pick it all at once. Right. Um, and it'll truly be, you know, um, 100%, 100% Dos Limones. You know, really sort of volume-wise, adding the Viognier skins doesn't do anything percentage to the Syrah. just adds this flavor. It, right. It, yeah. The, sure uh, is beautiful. Uh, I listened to a podcast once, and they had the, I don't know which one of the Gigals on, but he said that, you know, their idea was that they just picked the Viognier along with the Right, that's so the raw. That's definitely the sort yeah. of coat roti model. Yeah, and that the they just bounced. You know, the one helped the other one with the sugar. Right, now, this wine speaks oh, to me. I love this wine. Yeah. God, this is good. Yeah, yeah just, isn't it good. Uh, this I would. This you could sell today. I yeah, I know. yeah, instantaneously. The other it needs the Syrah and, and needs to sit mm. a little bit. But that's just absolutely be- this is mm. absolutely beautiful. I mean, it needs some. It's clearly to me and. You know, it's not a finished wine yet. It just needs some time to kind of incorporate some of that tannin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll mm-hmm. just come with time in the barrel and time in the bottle. But um, yeah, there's, there's no, some the nice flavors. flavors the flavors are great. Oh, yeah. Big smile on my yeah. face. So Yeah. And I love the little dance that it does. You've got that pretty sort mm-hmm. of flavor in there, but then you've got that chocolatey um, backbone to it. It's, you know, it's Syrah, what, Coat Roti style um, Syrah. Yeah. Who brought the uh, wine from Lebanon? I, I did. Um, Chateau. Tell, uh, how, do Ka. We, how, how do we think that's said? Ka. Chateau Ka. K-A. So I, mean, I feel pretty confident in 
pronouncing K-A, but I mean, it could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Remember, I'm you know, publicly educated in Petaluma. Yeah, so. fair enough. Okay, so <laughs> K-A, that's, that's two letters. <laughs> yeah, okay, you made your point, okay. Sam. You got it. <laughs> anyway, we... another one of my, uh, a, a, an old friend of mine, uh, Jen, she, uh, somewhere in her travels in her earlier business life, um, uh, met this guy from Lebanon who was a winemaker. And um, a friend of friends, and uh, there was a contingent of Lebanese winemakers that was in uh, California, I think end of September, 1st of October, and uh, I was invited to the tasting, wasn't able to make it, and she was nice enough to bring me this bottle, so I thought this would be a good place to try it with you guys. It's Cabernet, Syrah, and Merlot, um, 2015 vintage, and the winemaking is... um, uh, the, the, the winemaker has a French uh, background and French education. So um, I'm curious to see how it tastes. So I'm wondering if this is the one that it's has actually a, a Stefan Duran Court uh, yeah. connection. And, and it might be. That's yeah. interesting. I'll have to, now that I know that he worked there, I'll yeah. have to look into it a little more. But Lebanon has a, they have a, a pretty long history with um, making wines. So I remember yeah, working at. The Middle East is where all this comes from. Yeah. Uh, you know, agriculture in general. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I remember working at the Four Seasons back in late '90s, early 2000s, and we had a we had a section on the wine list from Lebanon. Right. Uh, the, the Becca yeah, the Valley is up. Go ahead. Well, I was just say the winery was established in 1974 um, in the Becca Valley. Um, so their but their first vintage uh, of growing grapes it looks like is 2005. And they're um, saying that that Becca Valley is is reputed to be the birthplace of wine growing. So I believe it's pronounced Becca. Baka. There's two A's at the end. It could there be are. Baka. Uh, uh, if it was in Hawaii, it'd be Baka, right? Baka. <laughs> Halia Ka'a. And that sounds like we're just interviewing chickens. Baka, Baka, Chateau Ka'a. Well, there's a, there's a really famous wine, you know, and very sort of large producer in, in Lebanon, Chateau Musar, M-U-S-A-R. And that's probably something that, you know, you're not going to find maybe at a, at a grocery store, but probably, it definitely has, you know, national distribution. So if you're looking for, you know, to to add, you know, that's one of the things that delectable, you dig into your delectable account and it shows you the countries of origin of all the wines that you've drank. Uh, and, you know, there's all these country options that you can fill in and you know you if you're looking to like add some add some countries to the list of you know your wine list knock lebanon off the list with a bottle of chateau massar for sure and an easy one would be mexico i remember uh mm-hmm. chateau camus c-a-m-o-u they do a nice uh, cab blend which i mean it's, it's delicious and pretty high end there's there's um, definitely a, a Growing Mexican wine country and wine industry a right. lot. You know, it's just it's ba. It's it's right there. And you know, Valley de Guadalupe, right? And it, you know, makes sense when you thought California wine as much as um, you know Buena Vista likes to make claims and things like that. The f- real first wine country in 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 California is basically San Diego and the uh, what's that name of that. Temecula Valley. Temecula Valley. There yeah. it is. Yeah, Temecula Valley. So yeah. I think the oldest winery was actually. Well, the oldest uh, now. I'm going to take that back. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, but there are, <laughs> there are some old vineyards down but there. Did, did yeah. we talk about what what the varietals are? In yeah, the... it's Cabernet, Syrah, and Merlot. Okay, and it doesn't have the percentages. 
but it's pretty good. I met a winemaker once at, at the United, Unified Symposium, and he was from the Golan Heights Winery. Mm. And um, he had some pretty harrowing stories about making wine in the Golan Heights. I had a, yeah. I had a wine from there grow, a couple weeks ago. Growing grapes in the Golan Heights. Yeah, I had a, you know what, where did I get it? At Oliver's, they have one. They have one from Golan Heights. Is uh, it, it's, is it it's kosher, a white. Is it kosher wine? It's not. Hmm. Uh, you want to talk about kosher wine, though? I mean, we could. What makes it? I have a, I have a funny kosher, kosher wine story. Uh, I mean, essentially, to be kosher wine, technically, it's supposed to be made by uh, the, the sort of. There's a bunch of different criteria, but the sort of main criteria, which is the hardest one to accomplish, is it has to be made by practicing Jews. Um, there are. Just like one of the things I love about Judaism, there's there's lots of workarounds and ways that you can sort of uh, use and bend the rules to your advantage. But um, essentially, you know, your wine has to be made uh, according to these rules and by um, you know somebody at least supervising who you know, has training in kosher wine. There's actually a, a winemaker and rabbi, like a consulting winemaker in California, he travels around. And um, will make wine for you in your cellar that is made according to kosher rules and can be can be made as kosher wine. So, um, Maya Kama's Winery, uh, now owned by the Schottenstein family, who um, you know it's like American Eagle Outfielders and DSW Shoes, and um, you know they're the big contributor to Ohio State football. The the, the stadium is the shot the Schottensteins. Um, they're Practicing, you know, observant, uh, I think maybe some of them even keep kosher Jews, and they wanted kosher wine out of their winery, and uh, there's a handful of barrels that have this double seal on them, so you can't break it unless uh, the rabbi is there doing the work, and you, you know, you make it just like all the rest of the wine, there's, you, you submit a work order, and, but just nothing happens until he's there to do it, Um and they make a bottling of of Mayakamas wine that's that's kosher for Passover. It's yeah, perfect. My friend Pat Henderson, uh, when he was an in, uh, just finishing up Davis, he was an intern at a Napa Valley winery that made kosher wines. Is it Hagafen? No, no. This was okay. a standard winery that made some kosher wine. And what they would do is they had what they called the kosherizer, which was a hot uh, a hot sea, a hot pressure washer, right. and they would clean everything with the kosherizer. And then they would really what they, they called it yeah, the kosherizer. <laughs> and then they would um, they would get everything ready, and then the rabbi would come in and they would tell him what to do, and he'd push buttons and. Um, oh yeah, they can't do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So well, I, yeah, I, was it? He thought it was really fascinating, I mean, but yeah, the, the kosherizer, the kosherizer, and the, the thing about this conversation in general is that kosher wine isn't just like swill Manischewitz in the square bottle at the no. you know bottom shelf of, of the liquor store. There's there is real serious fine wine being made and, and bottled as as kosher, and that really is a relatively new phenomenon. I was going to ask when that yeah. changed. Well, I didn't realize that until when I was buying for the girl in the fig. We had we did an event at Sweet D, and it was a kosher dinner. So not only did we have to do all this stuff to the kitchen and and use special, I mean, utensils and all this stuff, but Sandra said, "You need to get me some kosher wine." And kosher I, rones, man. That I was didn't know what. I couldn't ask. find kosher rones, but I, I found Hagafen in right. Napa, mm-hmm. 
and was able to get their wines. And my favorite... Couldn't find kosher runes, huh? I know. Now my wheels are turning. Um, my favorite line from... I, I don't know if it was from their website or what they told me. They said, there is a rabbi present from the moment we pierce the skin of the grape. Right. That's the... So, you know, the Judaism... Um, was very tied into fermentation. You know, one of the going way off topic here, but like one of the ways, one of the rules about like making matzah for Passover is is that uh, basically because it, it can't rise, it can't ferment. Um, there's a timer that as soon as flour and water meet, uh, you have 18 minutes to get it into the oven. Before the fermentation starts, and the same thing goes with kosher winemaking rules: is that basically as soon as you know the grapes are crushed, and technically the you know, potential for fermentation to start, uh, it has to be you know under supervision and you know in, within you know abiding the rules. So I mean that's not a religious person have you know Jewish heritage. One of the things I love about it is you know sort of how connected to. To farming and to to grape growing, particular wine and winemaking, um, you know, Jewish uh, tradition is, and that's definitely. Well, you know, I, I take it back about the wrong thing. The hagafen, what I got was a Roussan. Oh, really? Right. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then also one of the wines we have on the table right now is the Tres Hijas, which hey, is from. It's the, another way to uh, sell Syrah. I know, right? Right. Quesera <laughs> Syrah. We've uh, <laughs> we've got another wine on the table, Tres Hijas. When I was looking that up last night, I was, I found out that it was owned by the the Goldman family, and the, the literature I was reading was them at a at a at an event that had all Jewish wine growers and winemakers, and so I thought, well, that's kind of interesting because growing up in Petaluma. You know, you know that uh, a lot of the chicken farms, um, communist Jewish chicken farmers, right? Yeah. There's a you book a, written about them. You had a lot of Jewish immigrants yeah. that moved here that couldn't afford to buy a lot of land, so they would farm chickens because you could have a smaller plot of land. Um, but then I was looking up the the history of Jewish wine growers in wine country and found out that um, did you know Monteroso Vineyard, planted in 1885, was planted Goldstein. by uh, Emmanuel Goldstein and Bernard Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah, the there's um, a trail that goes through the Mayakamas Mountains. called the Goldstein Trail. Uh, you huh. know, the Goldsteins before there was Moon Mountain Road or Norbaum Road or Cavedale Road uh, were up there. In fact, lots of um, you know it's now coming back into vineyards in the mountains in Sonoma was was vineyard pre-prohibition and and. For the and lots of it was uh, Jewish, Jewish owned or Jewish run or, uh, properties. An- Ambassador Zellerbach, mm-hmm. uh, start, Hansel, right. um, yeah, and then and then the Idels. Who you know, let's get a shout out to the Idels. I don't know right. if you guys know Susan or Richard. Rich, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but they I think they grow Chardonnay primarily for a lot of the um, growers here. But they do a little they Syrah. Do, they do a little Syrah and they have a little, a little Syrah on the side. Uh, Oscar. Little, yeah, and then they have a little old vine or uh, field blend also there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Rich uh, in tradition. I thought Sam would uh, uh, enjoy. I like that thing about the Monterosso vineyard. It was the first time that um, um, yeah. Jewish immigrants pl- planted grapes here in California. Was, was that Monterosso? Yeah, huh. uh, and you know, I was talking about 1886. I mean, yeah. you know, this is uh, really the first famous mountain vineyard in California, um, Monterosso. You know, famous once Louis Martini got in there. So then you have. The collaboration of Jews and Italians, which I find to be best, especially personal. Right up your alley. That's what I am, is the collaboration of Jews and Italians. <laughs> yep. um, 
<laughs> uh, what were we talking about? I don't even know. <laughs> we, were, we started talking, talking about kosher wine. What we were drinking, yeah. Oh, yeah. what we were drinking. Oh, you know, the, sort of the maybe the closing to the kosher wine comment is, uh, and where Hagafen comes from, that there is a prayer in Judaism that just about every, um, you know, every meal, every holiday uh, includes uh, a prayer that. You know, sort of blesses the fruit of the vine, and and the hagafen is is what that is, is the fruit of the vine. So beret pre hagafen, blessed is the fruit of the vine, is is just you know Shabbat dinner on I up. Like it's it. in it's in every it's it's actually the only <laughs> Jewish prayer that I know by heart. So uh, <laughs> I was gonna say you're really dropping the knowledge here. Yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, that's okay. all I got. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. That's it. <laughs> He's done. Your mother'd be so proud. <laughs> My father-in-law. More important, I'm gonna send. I'll send this episode to him. So uh, I talk about I, the I snuck and the in that we had before. Oh wait, damn it. I snuck in and <laughs> grabbed uh, this uh, Benzinger 04 that you. Mm, mm. That, now this you said this was the first vintage that you made. No, no, no. Was? I I am I am not credited in making this wine. I mean, I had my hands in it. That's for sure. But um, 2004 Syrah, uh, made by Benzinger Family Winery. Uh, from Stone Farm Vineyard, which is right in Glen Ellen, right on Arnold Drive. Arnold Drive and Dunbar Road. And Dunbar Road, yep. Um, uh, planted originally by Phil Katuri. Uh, farmed by really? him and, you for know, Paul a White number of years. Then. Shout out to Paul White, who works in for 1600. Um, hey, hired Paul. my dad to plant that vineyard for the guy who bought it, who he worked for. You know, yeah. Paul White's a very mysterious person He works to me. in mysterious ways. <laughs> he does. He's yeah. connected to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, at any rate, um, uh, yeah, this has been sitting up in my uh, mm. my wine selection yeah. for a long time. And 14 years old right now. Yeah. It's, it smells like wine that's... And Kevin Spacey would enjoy this. Kevin Spacey would what? <laughs> would enjoy this wine. <laughs> what does that mean? Ouch. 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 You know, we were doing so well. Doing so well. I'll take it. You know, it was professional. Uh, No, no, we're not. We're just having a good time. It's the second show, see? That's the thing. The second show always is. Always is better. So, how do you like your wine that you did um, 14 I, years ago? You, it's holding holding up. I think the wine's holding up. It's um, it tastes good. It tastes good. You know, as I remember it, um, it was uh, very uh, very grapey Syrah. You know, um, kind of over concentrated when it was young. Um, it's kind of mellowed out, but it's kind of mellowed out, and uh, there's a little bit of tannin there that uh, is. Starts off soft. It might dry a little rough, but or end a little rough. But um, I don't know. It's just let's see what it's I mean, like in ten more minutes. Yeah, it seems like it's probably getting pretty close to the point where you you know should. Yeah, I was going to say if I you got one at home, yeah. drink it. Drink it. Yeah, yeah, I think this was the last one. That's, yeah. So um, you know, because it's got it nice, but it has you know has a little bit of sort of like a pruny kind of characteristic. Yeah. Um, which, you know, in its Syrah way, so it's got more sort of savory, you know, sometimes old Zinfandel can be very pruney, but it's this has more sort of, sm, you know, savory, meaty kind of prune quality yeah. qualities, yeah. which, I, you know, I think is pleasant, but there's a sign that it's probably near the, it's nearing the end. Yeah. 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 And was this, Bart, back in the day, this is 04, so was this 
uh, biodynamic wine, or were they even so, at that point yet? Oh no, we were definitely making wine with biodynamic practices at that point, because um, that transition started when I started in '98. Um, 2004, the vineyard was already certified, Definitely certified and, organic. I don't know yeah. if it was biodynamic. Um, I don't know if it was ever turned biodynamic or not, but it was definitely certified I organic. Think it, I think it was biodynamic for a few years for a there. Few years, yeah. yeah. But we would have made this under the same guidelines, you know, um, uh, natural fermentation. We wouldn't have inoculated ML. It's definitely kosher for hippies. Kosher for hippies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh God, <laughs> kosher for hippies. Unbelievable. What do you think, Brian? About the wine? Yeah. I like it. I think, like Sam said, I think it's probably peaking at this point. I don't know that I'd want to drink this next year, but it definitely has some of those, you know, that pruny characteristics. But the, I, I, don't, I, I don't get I a lot nice. of it. It's got a nice texture. Yeah, it's nice and soft. And um, yeah. yeah. What did you do? And you said you, this, you did have your hands in this. Oh, I just worked for here. the Benzikers at that time. I was the, you know, whatever my position was. Um, and, you know, I mean, we handled everything. We were a team. Everything was done as a group. You but, know what you I know, noticed, Bart? Technically, Sorry. I guess, <laughs> technically, I guess uh, Joe Benziger would have been the winemaker on this. We Joey. had multiple winemakers. You know, did Good you guy. notice that imagery is making Pinot Noir? Um, so that's um, been something since uh, the wine group purchased them. Okay. Um, imagery now, so f- for forever, imagery was only available at the winery or sold direct. Uh, you know, maybe it would be in right. a restaurant, well, but it was always through that. Well, and Joe always said that he wouldn't make Pinot because it was a pain in the ass. It, and that was his excuse is what he, you yeah, know, I people mean, would come and just, say, why, it, why won't you do Pinot Noir? Right. Um, and so the wine group has now taken um, imagery nationwide. It's in Oliver's, and the Pinot. So, yeah, so there's um, four different wines or something, maybe it's six wines, and they're all blends. It's Pinot and something else. Huh. Um, but they're calling it by their varietal names. Um, uh, like I think they did uh, uh, Chardonnay and Chenin Blanc and Sauvignon Blanc and Viognier and, uh, or maybe Muscat. Um, and Joey is now retired okay. from imagery. And uh, his daughter, he yeah, he's officially desire, uh, uh, retired. We, um, he's uh, must have been a lot of tequila at that party. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot. Um, and Jamie, uh, his daughter Jamie, is now the winemaker for Imagery. Good for wow. her. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, and have they upped production then? Um, one to. would say that this is um, a much broader um, swipe. It's you know, Imagery when we worked there. Brian, wait a minute. I just asked if they upped production, and what did you just say? It's a broader, a much broader swipe. swipe at I'm sorry, that's not a, maybe a good term. What does that mean? Yes, Bart's, Bart's running for Congress. Or He's <laughs> trying to be diplomatic. So over there. is that a I'm yes? Trying to be diplomatic. So is that a yes? They're making more wine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's a nationwide brand, and um, okay, yeah. Did, what know. do you think of the label? It was interesting. It was kind of like the gentle sloping V. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what it's. <laughs> <laughs> it it has yeah. It starts off with these two round things and then goes down. It's almost like uh, looking at uh, cleavage. Yes, that's, right. That's exactly right. It's, okay, yeah, it was interesting. Um, and it it's going to no, sell like hell. It because has no of reference it. to the imagery. Uh, Parthenon, Parthenon or, or anything. Right. Yeah. So they right. dropped that from the label, huh? Well, on this particular part of the brand, uh, they're you know they're still making all the uh, you know unique varieties from unique locations. Um, and those all have their individual pieces of art that have the Parthenon, but right. um, but this is a na- nationwide brand now. So, huh. well, good for them. 
Yeah, you know? I, mean, I mean, the wine group is a. I hope they do huge, well. What the wine group does, right? They're a huge well, yeah. company. What are they? No, number four. Uh, yeah, it's, something it's like that. Gallo oh, Constellation. Yeah, I think Constellation is one. Gallo is probably Gallo two. two. So yeah, they're they're yeah, probably three yeah, or four. Three or four. Oh, there, yeah. So maybe Broncos in there. Yeah. Well, big, yeah. big, big, what big production. What is the one in front of you, Sam? This is Trace Ijas no. Vineyards Sabroso Rojo, 2011 Sonoma Valley. All right, I'm gonna try some of that. <laughs> it's the only just, one. Uh, empty that glass out a little <laughs> just, bit. There's a little. Just pour right into there. <laughs> Oh, I don't t- know what is in there last time, but it's my own merit. Make a little ten percent, John. Meritage and meritage does mean a blend and has to be a certain type of blend, and and it's not meritage. No, I, I don't think there's any rules at all to that. Actually. There are some rules, actually. Um, I was just reading about it yesterday. Really? Yeah, and and uh, it was it was started in Bordeaux. And it uh, it was it meant anything that was not uh, estate grown specifically Grand Cru etc. Um, and their blends and that's where it started. And, well, and when it gets to America, there's no more rules. Right, you can call anything anything you want as long as you're not violating a treaty. Basically, as long as you're not calling it Bordeaux. As long as you're not calling it Bordeaux or Champagne or Burgundy, you can call whatever you want uh, because we don't. We don't make rules like that in America, for better or for worse. You like that? I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's got a little. Uh, 2011. I mean, this is you know. It's, it's got a, some gaminess to it. It's excellent. 2011's a, yeah, but there's no French funk in it for you. Mm. You gotta go someplace else for that today. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's good. Now, this was. Uh, I was about to say it was an all domestic day here, but uh, I mean we had Lebanon, so Lebanon is. Inherently. Kind of threw us off the curve. Yeah, there. Not in America. Yeah, there is there is a Lebanon, Texas, Tennessee, no, Lebanon, Missouri, Lebanon, Missouri. Yeah, that's, where, a, uh, that's where that's where there's a very famous uh, barrel cooperage in Lebanon, uh, Missouri. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where you get world, some world cooperage, American oak. Yeah, you get some beautiful American oak. I've got to say that my favorite on the table today was your Syrah um, from the from Benziger from no. The no. Dos Limones. Oh, Sam's Sam's Syrah yeah. from I the like barrel. Yeah. And, um, and it, not even thinking about the Zin. Um, so I've got two in front of me. Z- one Zin and one from your barrel. The Syrah is my favorite. I'll, I'll, I appreciate that, John. I, the, like we said, you know, 2016 um, was going to be one of those vintages that... Uh, Good stuff. You know, it was gonna go down in, in history with some other great ones but um and you know dos limones there's a you know everybody talks about Syrah being hard to sell uh, i sell out of dos limones because the people who who love Syrah uh know the vineyard they know that this is going to be year in year out you know cool years hot years um wet years dry years it's uh, it always kind of seems to show up and uh taste good so 16 is you know just brian prime example you got a favorite on the table today i'm i'm a fan of the dos limones too i think you get that in people's mouths it doesn't matter what it is they're gonna they're gonna love it and i i love the co-ferment aspect to it as well because it it gives i think it gives length to the wine Mm -hmm. um it kind of stretches it out on your palate which i I love 
complexity. Um, and then and then the Roussan, actually. Yeah. That we tried. I'm, I'm a big fan of that Roussan. That is really good. Yeah. Well, Just, you know, I love acid. Yeah. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Once back again. To, back to the acid. And it all Go comes get back around. I love okay. wines that make my mouth water. I love that feeling of the, you know, on the sides of your mouth where you get that, where it starts to make you salivate. I love that because it's, it's, it either makes you want more wine or want food. Right. And um, generally that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for uh, food. And I'm looking to drink more, more wine. wine. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sam, how about you? Fire up a cools. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I'm inherently biased towards the things well, that I okay. produced. Um, you know, I, I actually I, I liked the the O4 Benziger Syrah. I mean, I, I, you don't. First of all, you know, I, there's a lot of grapes that you know. I have a connection to the vineyard somehow in some way, you know, memories of it being developed and going there with my dad and farming it and whatever um, that I don't get to try because, you know, you, you just never see them again. Um, so there's definitely a, a little soft spot in my heart for trying something that's, you know, 14 years old. Um, you know, I was 2004. I was, I was in my say. second or third sophomore year of college. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's nice, nice to get to taste something like that. I thought for sure you were going to say the Klein Pinot. I was totally <laughs> off base. Totally off base. Yeah. Was, How about you, Bart? Not the Klein Pinot. Which yeah. is not my favorite wine of the day. We've had an awful lot here. Um, what do you I, think? I really enjoyed the, the Syrah from Benziger, the Stone Farm. And, uh, I'll, but I'll say, to me, it's the 16600 2013 Estate Zinfandel from the Moon Mountain District. There, I said it. You got it all out. Yeah. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Oh, that's I mean, like, okay. Now, all the wines are really nice today, and uh, it's been good. Good conversation. Yeah, and you guys can get these wines from anywhere. Well, well no, actually. Uh, well, uh, you're going to be able the to 16600, I have some of the 13 left. Yep. You can you could get it, get at me, and I could send you some 13 Estate Zinfandel. Uh, and you you're going to have to wait. You can buy Benziger product. Right. Imagery, yeah, that's true. Imagery that's true. product. Not, not, a, you know? not, not this one. No, but, um, but you know, I've got a whole um, cooler full of... Chateau Ka, I believe, is <laughs> nationally distributed. Are you selling your wines um, out of your cooler? Is that I've what you're got, saying? I've got a whole lot. <laughs> we need new podcast equipment. We're selling out John's cellar. <laughs> and I need to sell more wine, so let's empty John's cellar out. God. Well, and Bart, Bart actually brought me a case and a half today of... Um, uh, wine. I think he's got some Chenin Blanc and some Grenache in the car. My wife is doing her national sales week next week, so um, we're, they're going to drink uh, Chenin Blanc, they're going to drink Bart's Grenache, and then I'm going over to Sam's Tasting They're going to drink like the winemaker's podcast. And, and they are going to drink, drink some 16600. Uh, and they'll like it. Oh, they're going to love it. 16 boobs. That's right. Drop some boo thing on there. Yeah. No, they're coming, <laughs> so, from, they're coming from all over the country, so I want to turn Ed them on to really, stuff that, that, that they haven't had. Ed cool. really did... Um, Go in and get your he's, 16 Ed has, and I, I think I need, com. He's like texting me about it, and you know, he's com, way more tech savvy than I am, but uh, he's holding 16 Boo either hostage or. Uh, He'll in, hold it hostage. Yeah, yeah he's you can probably looking for some wine or something. Oh, you know what? Did he get, I think it's 1 6 Boo, or is it 16 spelt Boo? Uh, I don't know. He probably both. both. He's, you know, this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you know this guy. So. That wine you were talking about earlier to find some sort of program. For it, maybe we do a little like a sixteen boo with a little sixteen boo with a little like ghost or Casper kind of dude. We got, I got a, I have a, <laughs> I'll dead it out. 
Call Stanley. You know what? We're gonna call. No, we're gonna call. Stanley, note to self. But, uh, call Stanley. We got it. We got a name. It's gonna. It's a, it's a riff on the prisoner. <laughs> it's a good oh, one. perfect. Okay, you already got it in the works. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much. Don't, 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 we don't, killed don't, a don't. lot of great wine today, Sam. Thank you so much for bringing yours and Bart. Couldn't live without you, buddy. Brian, thank you so much. And uh, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We want your feedback. So yes. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a review, uh, a good one. Five stars only. Five, we'll take four. Right, and and um, quite frankly, you can, you can reach uh, all of us on our uh, on the web. On our mobile devices. Yes, on our... Uh, I'm Myers at Myers at Myers Sonoma Myers with one E M M Y E R S Myers at Myers Sonoma Instagram and Myers Sonoma Gmail. So nice. There you go. It's easy. I'm Dane Sellers at Dane Sellers or Dane Sellers dot com. I got all kinds of words. Grapes with a view. 16600, 16's the word, 600's the number. Uh, those are all Instagram and uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, Sam at winery16600.com. Uh, send me an email, book a tasting reservation, order some uh, Zinfandel. I'll send it to your front door as long there as you, you live in the it's right state deal. and you're 21. Perfect. Yeah. Brian? I'm at Sonoma Wine Lover. Uh, hashtag Instagram and Twitter. Sonoma he Wine Lover. He is the... Sonoma Wine Lover. Sonoma Wine Lover. The I only one. And if you have any ideas or suggestions for uh, for the show, uh, we'd love to hear them because we'll just keep doing what we're doing, which we're good with. But, <laughs> but if we're you have something you want to learn anyway. about, let us know. Eat, drink, talk, repeat. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. We are the winemakers.